Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. Most of us have a mental picture of Jesus, and we probably have a general concept of God in our minds. But what about the Holy Spirit? Too often, we neglect the Holy Spirit in our lives and don't even recognize when the Holy Spirit moves in us or around us. This week's message of the week comes from guest speaker, Dr. Bruce Bloomer, who challenges us to become aware of the Holy Spirit as a person of the Trinity, prepare ourselves to be open to the Holy Spirit, ask the Holy Spirit to be part of our lives, and to recognize the Holy Spirit's work every day. Here is the First Church message of the week. Good morning. Good to be with you again. Um, So I'd like you to complete this for me. Actually say it out loud. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You know, what we've completed is called the Trinity. It's God is God, God is Jesus, and God is the Holy Spirit. You know, I think most of us have kind of a mental picture about Jesus and kind of a general concept of God But how about the Holy Spirit? I think for most of us, the Holy Spirit isn't as clear. Simon Ponsby said that the Holy Spirit is the Cinderella of the Godhead. Francis Chan wrote a book titled, The Forgotten God, Reversing Our Tragic Neglect of the Holy Spirit. Well, I would say that defined me. The book that I wrote on the Holy Spirit was really not written as an expert But as a seeker, I realized that the Holy Spirit was Cinderella to me. I realized that I had tragically neglected the Spirit. So writing the book was my journey to reverse that forgotten God and to allow me and then hopefully you to discover those mighty winds and those gentle whispers to help us understand the purpose and power of the Holy Spirit. So let's begin on the path of how do we connect and better understand this Spirit of God. Billy Graham shared this story. An Eskimo fisherman came to town every Saturday afternoon, and he always brought his two dogs with him. One was white and one was black. Every Saturday, they would would gather in the town square, and the dogs would fight. Some Saturdays, the black dog would win. Some days the white dog would win, but the fisherman always won. His friends began to ask him, well, how did you do it? He said, I starve one and I feed the other. The one I feed always wins because he's stronger. Well, we start our journey, we start our path by being fed. We end our starvation and trying to be open to the Holy Spirit And we do that by being more intentional about prayer and reading scripture, listening to sermons, reading books, sharing, connecting, and discussing with others. When we're fed, we're winning. When we're starving, we're just not as able to understand. So connecting with the Spirit of God starts with being fed and then taking four specific steps to discover the Holy Spirit. We become aware, we prepare, we ask, 
and then we recognize. So first, becoming aware. One of my first discoveries in becoming aware was to begin seeing the Holy Spirit as a person, as a someone, not a something. And my awareness that it's, the Holy Spirit wasn't just this nebulous concept, but it was someone who I could build and foster a relationship changed everything for me. A.W. Tozer wrote this, put that down in capital letters that the Holy Spirit is not only a being having this other mode of existence, but is a person with qualities and powers of personality. The Holy Spirit has will and intelligence and feelings and knowledge and sympathy and ability to love and see and think and hear and speak and desire the same as any person does. Now, this might be a new concept for you that the Spirit has characteristics of a person, but I think it changes how we interact. You know, it's hard to be accountable or to build a relationship with a breath or a tongue of fire or a dove as the Holy Spirit has been described. But God, in the form of the Holy Spirit, with those human characteristics, makes it much more personal. Like many of you, we played peekaboo with our kids and grandkids. And when you put that blanket over their head, the, the child just knows, they just believe they've become invisible. You ask, where did you go? And they know that they've disappeared under that blanket. Or think about playing hide and seek. They've become invisible when they're behind that curtain or hiding in the closet. My message on my book are meant to take that blanket off the Holy Spirit you may feel some tension between what you've known and thought and what the Spirit has yet to reveal. These things that seemed invisible might become obvious. I think God is consistently and constantly revealing new things to us. It's just as clear as that giggle from under the blanket or the feet below the curtains. Let me share a story from my book from a friend who uncovered the Holy Spirit. And she uncovered it by being aware, but then by responding. Our family was preparing for a long out-of-state trip. With one stop left on my list, I pulled into the gas station to fill my car with gas. I noticed there was this woman. She was pacing back and forth across the gas station parking lot. And she was nervously opening and closing her phone. A peace came over me, and a voice clearly said, ask her if she needs anything. So I walked up to the woman. I said, are you okay? Do you, do you need anything? It didn't take her long to agree to get into my car. And when she got into my car, she completely broke down. Through sobs and tears, she explained that a man had befriended her, but it led her to being controlled and trapped in a hotel. My heart froze as she showed me the website. There she was, an online advertisement for human trafficking. As we drove to the bus station, I said, we need to call the police. I just kept repeating, you're safe. The police can help you. I think why she finally let me make that call was she knew there was still another woman trapped in that hotel. When we arrived at the bus station, the police weren't there yet. 
this white SUV roared into the station and we sat low in our car until he took off. It was her tormentor. After about 10 minutes, the police arrived. She was able to tell her story and eventually they got her on a bus to go home and they rescued another woman. It was so clear, she said to me, that this was the Holy Spirit. Even with all this going on, I was able to see and clearly hear that I needed to talk to that woman. I felt safe and completely at peace about approaching her. My awareness allowed me to respond to that nudge of the Holy Spirit. Well, secondly, we need to prepare. So before we can be filled with the Holy Spirit, we need to make sure that we can be filled Connecting with the Holy Spirit is available to all of us. We simply need to be desired to be filled and then prepare ourselves to be filled from and with the Holy Spirit. Now, if we see Christianity as kind of like an insurance policy that nothing bad will happen in our lives or we call ourselves Christian so we can guarantee that God will bless us, maybe we're not ready yet. We might feel that religion is kind of a social outing, that we go to church so we can be seen, but that's about as far as we go. We we leave our spirituality on the steps of the church, and church is just kind of a nice stop-off before a well-deserved brunch. Maybe we're not ready yet. The world has more influence on us than does the Word of God. It's so hard not to be influenced by the world. We're constantly bombarded with messages on television and social media, these messages that everyone is better and that we need more and more and our focus gets pulled away from God. If Scripture doesn't disturb us and convict us to live differently, maybe we're not ready yet. Now, being ready doesn't mean that we're living a perfect life. It doesn't mean that we're leading a sinless life. It means that we're more aware. And then we start preparing that path for the Holy Spirit. We prepare that path by paying attention to those nudges, those things that pop into our mind, those ideas to connect and communicate or talk to another person. Write it down. Say a prayer. Ask the Spirit of God, are you speaking to me? And then prepare for the Spirit to use us today, right now. So we're aware of the Holy Spirit. Then we prepare ourselves to be open to the Holy Spirit. Now we ask. You know, I've often said that I'm a lot better about seeing God through the rearview mirror than I am through the windshield. As I think about our ministry in Haiti, I see how God has walked alongside us every step of the way. And it began by asking. In the bulletin today, you should have a little bit of an outline of some of our history and of our of the um, work that we're doing in Haiti. But in 2008, missionaries on the island of Laganov introduced us to this young, scrawny kid. His mom had died when he was 13 years old, so this orphan named William was sent to live with his uncle, who was a pastor on the island of Laganov. Well, William had a dream to become a doctor, and the missionaries asked us if we could find a way. Well, we went and returned to our church and asked them if they could help, and they responded. 
William began medical school at Port-au-Prince in 2009. Because his medical school was destroyed in the earthquake in 2010, he asked us to consider another plan. He wanted to go to medical school in the Dominican Republic, where he had no place to live, where they would accept none of his credits from the Haiti Medical School. And oh, by the way, you're going to have to learn a new language, Spanish, to begin medical school. For five years, many caring churches and people helped William to receive his education and help with living expenses. It took a whole bunch of villages for this to happen. In the spring of 2016, William called. He said, would you and my wife Sharon, would you come to my graduation from medical school in Santiago, Dominican Republic? Now, the best thing about going to that graduation was we found out all these other villages of support that we knew nothing about. When William and his three friends started medical school, they moved into this apartment in Santiago, and it was scary for them. They didn't know the language, how to navigate this new city and country. Well, along came a wonderful abuela, grandmother. She took them under her wing. She showed them where to go, how to buy food and other essentials, how to get transportation, She helped them with the language, and I found out she even cleaned their apartment from time to time. They asked for help, and she responded. The Sunday morning after graduation, we went to this Haitian church in Santiago. At the end of worship, all the students that had graduated the night before and their families were invited to the front of the church to be recognized. What we discovered was a church community that cared for William, and for many, many students. Sunday evening was this graduation celebration. The people in attendance stood and they talked about William. It was his uncle and friends from Haiti, fellow medical students, and Dominican friends. They talked about their relationship and their trials and triumphs that they went through together. Story after story of asking and responding So many examples of the Holy Spirit weaving this purpose and power. So the journey begins by asking. It begins with a prayer, and we ask God if God would find a way, and God did find a way. And as our ministry has grown, I've seen the Holy Spirit weave this wonderful tapestry of love and response. And then we recognize From Romans 1, verses 19 and 20, they know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. Forever, since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see God's invisible qualities, God's eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. So in this verse today from Romans, Paul is insisting that if we simply look around, we can recognize God. If we're aware, God is revealed in a beautiful sunrise or in a bird song, the wind through the trees or the crashing of waves. If we're aware, the spirit whispers through a call from a friend or a phrase in a book or observing kindness in others. When we see beauty in our world, we've seen God. God uses the Spirit to connect with us and to give us that power and purpose. 
When we sin, what we're doing is what we're, we're looking inward. And suffering isn't far away. Despite this all-powerful, ever-present, all-knowing God, we become self-centered and self-serving. When we look in, who do we see? We see ourselves. When we look out, we see the, and recognize the eternal power and the divine nature of God through the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> a number of years ago, I was serving at a soup kitchen in Chicago. I was taking a break and I saw their man who was standing at a stage by himself. And so I thought, well, I'll go introduce myself to him. So I walked up and I said, hi, my name is Bruce. Good to meet you, said the man. I'm Abraham Lincoln. As in President Lincoln? Yes, the man responded. I, I apologize, I didn't recognize you. Now, I was pretty confident that Abraham Lincoln wasn't African-American, and I was even more confident that our 16th president had already died, but I had a fascinating conversation with him about what it was like to be Abraham Lincoln. Now, you may feel that same way about the Holy Spirit, that you won't be able to recognize the Holy Spirit. I think if you look, you'll find that the Spirit really wasn't hiding. Just pull the blanket off, open the closet door, and recognize God who's been there all along. I found this helpful from Robert Morris. So you're not likely to hear an audible voice. Instead, it comes as a thought. So it's easy to question was, was that message is your own or something the Spirit is telling you? With time and familiarity, however, you can learn to clearly distinguish between thoughts that are your own and those that come from the Spirit. The more you hear, recognize, and acknowledge God's voice, the easier it will be to hear God every time God speaks. So we cultivate the art of recognizing the presence of the Spirit everywhere. We can get acquainted with the Holy Spirit, and then we begin to look for the Holy Spirit in all of the things in our life. When you wake up in the morning, instead of looking at your phone or checking social media while you're eating your Pop-Tarts and drinking your coffee, spend a little time with God. A couple years ago, we were on Laganov, and we were giving food and other items away to the elderly. That night, a woman came back to the compound and she wanted to see me. She handed me this small plastic bag with thanks and gratitude for all the items that she had received earlier in the day. Now, in Haiti, they have a tree that's similar to our honey locust. It has those long pods with the seeds in it. Well, she had carefully taken out those seeds and put them in this plastic bag, and she offered it to me as a gift. It was what she had. Isn't God asking the same for us? That we are to offer what we have with giving, we give with gratitude to others and we give with gratitude to God with what we have. I think it starts by the understanding that the Holy Spirit is meant to be part of our lives and is God. And so we're aware and prepare and expect the Spirit to move in our lives. Ask the Spirit to nudge you and prod you, push you, mold you, and remake you so we're able to recognize the mighty winds and the gentle whispers, to experience the purpose and power 
in the name of God as God, and God as Jesus, and God in the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.